are listening to Shadow Horse Theater Broadcasting. We come to you from the shadowy fields of Minnesota with Dark Pony Radio Show, presented to you by the Dark Pony Players, featuring Antonia Perez, and introducing the Dark Gentleman. This episode is sponsored by FNX Fitness. We become greater when we rise up together. Supplements should taste good. If you're going to drink protein, greens, or even pre-workout, don't skip out on good flavor and quality ingredients. FNX Fitness has the best flavors and prides itself on being locally sourced with no fillers. Visit our fiendish friends at www.fnxfit.com and use code DARKPONY to receive 40% off at checkout. And our other sponsor... The Living Artist Podcast. Don't wait until you're dead to make a living as an artist. And now is, as always, the Pale Lady. (laughs) (laughs) My sweet treats, what a tale we have for you this time. We continue with our dear friend Dante as we follow the pilgrim down the pit. My ludicrous lovely, how I miss our dear Dante. Forensia is such a spellbinding, sensational slice of dolefulness. It reminds me of the great city of Dis. Let us not keep my sweet ones from this continued adventure to the hellscape of joy. <laughs> <laughs> There are these three that haunt me. Day and night I can never flee. You have returned to my story. The second part may be a bit gory. In the past, you may recall, a journey riddled with a fall. Virgil, my teacher and my guide, kept me at their trusted side. As we crept down into the upper pit, all I felt was a rush to stay and sit. Hunted by the loyal she-wolf, a step behind ready to engulf. Descending deeper to the unknown, I pray and hope that I am not alone. The great city of Dis is beyond. Hopefully the line does not abscond. Our souls to remain behind the wall, my guide and I arrive. A tower that is tall. Teacher, look above. In the distance, beyond the tower over the vast sea of the river Styx, there are two small flames that flare about. What signal is this? And the other flame, what does it answer? And who's doing this? You should already see across the filthy waves what has been summoned, unless the marsh vapors hide it from you. Small boat with a solitary steersman. It seems to be skimming in our direction. <laughs> I've got you now, you wicked soul. Pelagius? Pelagius, this time you shout in vain. You will have us with you no longer than it takes to cross the muck. Ah, Virgil! 
The young one, careful, Phlegius, a creature of fire and anger, and if they feel a rage upon them, flames will flare and encompass that around them. Lord. Calmly enter. Who? How is this possible, my teacher? This soul arose from the water. Who are you? Who come before your time? Though I come, I do not stay. But who are you, in all your ugliness? You see that I am the one who weeps. May you weep and wail, stuck here in this place forever, you damned soul. But filthy as you are, I recognize you. Away! Get down there with the other curs. Stop! Keep your hands away! Indignant soul. Blessed is she in whose womb you were conceived. In the world, this man was filled with arrogance, and nothing good about him decks his memory. For this, this shade is filled with fury here. Many in life esteem themselves great. Who then will wallow here like pigs in mud, leaving behind them their repulsive fame? Teacher, it certainly would make me happy to see him dunked deep in this slop just once before we leave this lake. It truly would. Before the other shore comes into sight, you will be satisfied. A wish like that is worthy of fulfillment. Damn. Let me go. Do not wish to go. No. You can't take me. That mad Florentine turned and bit himself. I thank the Lord for that sight. And now, my young one, coming closer is the city we call Dis, with its great walls and fierce citizens. Teacher, already I can see the clear glow of its domed architecture above the valley, burning bright red, as though just forged and left to smolder. Eternal fire burns within, giving off the reddish glow you see diffused throughout this lower hell. Look at these walls, as though made of iron. It seems as though we have been circling the city for some time. Get out! Here is the entrance! Young one, see the gates are open ahead? Let us move through them with ease as we have so much earlier. Approaching. Who? Yes, who? Who, indeed. Who, without death, dares walk into this kingdom of the dead? Wait here, young one. I shall speak with these fiendish angels. The two who speak so clearly are Wormwood and Mephistopheles. The others are equally cruel. Their wings are just as dangerous as their words. They sit there, perched above the doorway into the city. You come, but 
They must go. Who thought to walk so boldly through this realm? Let them retrace their foolish way alone. Just let them try. And you, who led him here through this dark land, you'll stay right where you are. Oh, my dear guide, who more than seven times restored my confidence and rescued me from the many dangers that blocked my going on. Please don't leave me. Please. If the journey onward is denied us, let's turn our footsteps back together quickly. Do not fear. The journey we are making none can prevent. Such power did decree it. Wait here for me and feed your weary spirit with comfort and good hope. You can be sure I will not leave you in this underworld. All right. My teacher will return. Yes. No. Yes. Maybe. Ignorant mind. Listen to yourself. Thanks for sick life, slowly decaying. It brings a tear to this dark eye. Would it play a game of chance or fun with us, dear Uzo? Virgil will return and not leave me. Yes. What a shame this living one is afraid so. The smell of unbridled fear. Virgil will return. Virgil will return. Uza, Amy, return. We are done with these creatures. Come, Uza. Mephistopheles calls for us to join the flock. Teacher, what has happened? They seem to have closed the gates. Who are these to forbid my entrance to the halls of grief? My ward, you need not be disturbed by my vexation, for I shall win the contest no matter how they plot to keep us out. This insolence of theirs is nothing new. They used it once, at a less secret gate, which is and will forever be unlocked. You saw the deadly words inscribed above it, as those souls spoke and now already passed it. And descending across the circles down the slope alone comes one by whom the city will be opened. There we wait with bated breath, I, hoping it would not be my death. Virgil worried that the call to heaven was not heard, therefore not a weapon. Within, I felt the coward creep. I wished for nothing more than to weep. My guide, my strength, 
stood in place, alert. Their eyes dart back and forth, but never avert. I had come too far to stop, but still there was this fear and thought. The heavy fog from the misty muck mixed with black air felt as if stuck. But surely we were meant to win this fight, or else... But no, such help was promised. Oh, how much time it's taking him to come! Has anyone before ever descended to this sad hollow's depths from that burst circle, whose pain is all in having hope cut off? It is not unusual for one of us to make the journey I am making now. But it happens I was down here once before, conjured by that heartless witch, Erichthof. Soon after I had left my flesh in death, she sent me through these walls and down as far as the pit of Judas to bring a spirit out. And that place is the lowest and the darkest and the farthest from the sphere that circles all. I know the road, and well, you can be sure. I heard the name of Erichtho once before. I pray I don't again. The swamp that breathes with a prodigious stink lies in a circle around the doleful city that now we cannot enter without strife. What is that sound? Look, there, above the gate. The fierce Aranese. They are stained with blood. Their bodies and their gestures are those of females, and their waists are bound in cords of wild green hydras. Horned snakes and little serpents grow as hair. The one on the left is Megara. And to the right... Raving is Electo, and Josephine in the middle. <laughs> Medusa, come, we will turn him to stone. How wrong were we to let our Theseus lightly? Now, turn your back and cover your eyes, for if the Gorgon comes and you should see her, there would be no returning to the world. Teacher, I am covering my sight. Where is the living one? Cowering, I see. This will not stop my children and I from our advance. Now turn around and set your sight along the ancient scum there where the marsh's mist is hovering thickest. Teacher, who is that person walking through sticks as if it were grass? <sighs> Stay silent, young one. My guide, they approach the gate. I see. Be silent. Oh, heavens, outcasts, despicable souls. What insolence is this that breeds in you. Why do you stubbornly resist the will whose end can never be denied, and which more than one time increased your suffering? What do you gain by locking horns with fate? If you remember well, 
your Cerberus still bears his chin and throat peeled clean for that. Come now. That the emissary is gone, the entrance has been opened for us. Who? What was that? It matters not. Here we are, young one. The city of Dis welcomes you. Oh, teacher. This countryside of pain, ugly anguish. All around the circular city lie tombs and graves, as at Arles, where the Rhone turns to stagnant waters. My woman, as you look closer, the crueler purpose of these tombs are tormenting these souls, with flame glowing far more hot than iron an artisan might use. Each tomb has its lids loose, pushed to one side, and inside they lay. What kind of shades are these lying down here, buried in graves of stone, speaking their presence in such dolorous sighs? Here lie the archeretics of every sect. With all of their disciples, more than you think are packed within these tombs. Like heretics lie buried with their like, and the graves burn more or less accordingly. Let us walk through. O lofty power, who through these impious skies lead me around as you see fit. I want to know. I want to understand. The people buried there are sepulchres. Can they be seen? I mean, since all the lids are off of the tombs and no one stands on guard. They will forever be locked up when they return here from Jehoshaphat with the bodies that they left up in the world. This private cemetery we walk through now serves Epicurus and their followers, who make the soul die when the body dies. As for the question you asked me, it will be answered soon. While we are here, and the wish you are keeping from me will be granted. My good guide, I do not hide my heart. I'm trying not to talk too much, as you have told me more than once to do. Oh, Tuscan, you walk through our flaming city alive and speaking with such elegance. Be kind enough to stop here for a while. Your mode of speech identifies you clearly as one whose birthplace is that noble city with which in my time, perhaps, yeah, it was too harsh. My ward, what are you doing? Turn around and look at Farinata, who has risen. You see them from the waist up, standing straight. Be sure you choose your words with care. And who would your ancestors be? Those that rival. Bitter enemies of mine, they are and of my ancestors and of my party. I had to scatter them, not once, but twice. <laughs> they were expelled, but only to return from everywhere, not once, but twice. 
an art your ancestors have never mastered. If it be great genius that carries you along through this blind jail, where is my son? Why is he not with you? I do not come alone. That one waiting over there guides me through here. Perhaps your Guido held in scorn. What did you say? He held? Is he not living? The day's sweet light no longer strikes his eyes. I understand your response. Leave me be. An art your ancestors have never mastered? <laughs> that gives me greater pain than does this bed. But face of the queen who reigns down here will glow more than 50 times before you learn how hard it is to master such an art. And as I hope that you may once more know the sweet world, tell me, why should your party be so harsh to my clan in every law they make? The massacre and butchery that stained the waters of the Arbia Red now cause such laws to issue from our councils. <sighs> it was not I alone who took part, nor certainly would I have joined the rest without good cause. But I alone stood up when all of them were ready to have Florence raised. It was I who openly stood up in her defense. And now, as I would have your seed find peace, I beg you to resolve a problem that has kept my reason tangled in a knot. If I've heard correctly, all of you can see ahead to what the future holds, but your knowledge of the present is not clear. Down here, we see like those with faulty vision who only see what's at a distance. This much, the Sovereign Lord grants us here. When events are close to us, or when they happen, our mind is blank. And were it not for the others, we would not know nothing of your living state. Thus, you can understand how all our knowledge will be completely dead at the time when the door to the future things is closed forever. Now, will you please tell the Fallen One over there? His son is still on earth among the living. And if, when he asked, silence was my answer, tell him, while he was speaking, all my thoughts were struggling with that point you solved for me. Young one, we must continue on through. Who shares your tomb along with you? <sighs> More than a thousand lie with me. The second Frederick is here, and the Cardinal is with us. And the rest I shall not mention. What troubles you? Why are you so distraught? Be sure your mind retains those words you heard pronounced against yourself, and listen carefully now. When at last you stand in the glow of her sweet ray, the one whose splendid eyes see everything, from her you will learn your life's itinerary. 
Let us move to the center by a path that strikes into a veil. We walked to the brink of a steep bank. The stench that arose made my heart sank. Below this bank was a den of crueler pain. The deep abyss vomited us back to the plain. Still, amongst the heretical tombs, this deep lingering hell still looms. Teacher, this great tomb here is inscribed, Within lies Anastasius, the Pope, Fontius, lured away from the straight path. Our descent will have to be delayed somewhat, so that our sense of smell may grow accustomed to these vile fumes. Then we will not mind them. You will have to find some way to keep our time from being wasted. That is precisely what I had in mind. Take a seat here on the edge. My ward, within these boulders bound are three more circles, concentrically arranged like those above all tightly packed with souls. And so that, later, the sight of them alone will be enough. I'll tell you how and why they are imprisoned. All malice and injustice, as its end, achieved by violence or by fraud. Both are sins that earn the hate of heaven, Since fraud belongs exclusively to humankind, God hates it more, and therefore, far below the fraudulent are placed and suffer the most. In the first of the circles below are all the violent. Since violence can be used against three persons, fraud that gnaws the conscience of its servants can be used on who puts their trust in you or else on one who has no trust invested. The latter sort seem only to destroy the bond of love nature gives to humanity. So in the second circle, there are nests of hypocrites. Flatters, dabblers and sorcery, falsifiers, thieves and simonists, panderers, seducers, grafters, and the like filth. The former kind of fraud both disregards the love nature enjoys and that extra bond between humans which creates a special trust. Thus, it is in the smallest of the circles at the Earth's center around the throne of Dis. The traitors suffer their eternal pain. Your reasoning runs smooth, and your explanation certainly makes clear the nature of this pit and of its inmates. What of those in the slimy swamp? Those driven by the wind, those beat by the rain, and those who come to blows with harsh restraints. Why are they too not punished here in the City of Flame? Why do you let your thoughts stray from the path they are accustomed to? Or have I missed the point you have in mind? You will clearly see why they are separated from these malicious ones. Now... Follow me. We should be getting on, and the passage down the bank is farther on. Hold here. You see at the edge, along the shattered chasm, there lay stretched out the infamy of Crete. I think it sees us. Look how violent it bit 
Perhaps you think you see the Duke of Athens come again, who came once in the world to bring your death? Begone, you beast, for this one is not led down here by means of clues your sister gave him. He comes here only to observe your torments. Run to the pass. Run! While he still rises with rage, get started down! Here, behind these rocky ruins, shall we wait until this beast wanders away? Take a breath, for this guardian has moved away. But now look down the valley. Coming closer, you will see the river of blood that boils the souls of those who, through their violence, injured others. The river is wide and curved like a bow. You there. On your way down. What torture are you seeking? Speak where you stand. If not, I will draw my bow. Our answer we will give to Chiron when we are at his side. As for you, I see you as rash as ever. Very well. Follow. That one, leading us, is Nessus. As we approach, you see the centaur sitting there, contemplating their chest? Yes. That is the great Chiron, who reared and taught Achilles. And to Chiron's left is Pholus, known for his drunken wrath. Teacher, what do these creatures do in the depth of hell? They gallop by the thousands around the ditch, shooting at any daring soul emerging above the bloody level of their guilt. Hold here. There is a soul who thinks themselves clever. No! No! Please! No! Stay put! Have you noticed how the one behind moves everything he touches? This is not what a dead man's feet would do. He is indeed alive. Hush! Can this creature of life not speak for themselves? I can. Go on. I am sorry, but I am still finding my way through this nightmarish world. My teacher... I am trusted to show them through this dismal valley. Now, in the name of that power by which I move my steps along so difficult a road, give us one of your troops to be our guide, to lead us to the ford, and once we are there to carry this one on his back, for they are not a spirit who can fly. Nessus! Yes? You go, guard them as they ask. And if another troop protests, disperse them. Yes, sire. Come, spirit. And you, the live one, hop on my back. They are suffering. Just when I've seen enough, this place surprises me with more horror. These are the tyrants who dealt in bloodshed and plundered wealth. Their tears are paying their heartless crimes. Here stand Alexander and fierce Dionysus, who weighed down Sicily with years of pain. Teacher? Let him instruct you now. Don't look at me. You have stopped. 
I see the people peering from the blood that came up their throats. Over there stands the one who, in God's keep, murdered the heart still dripping blood above the Thames. Just as you see the boiling river here, on this side getting shallow gradually, I would also have you know that the other side, the riverbed sinks deeper more and more until it reaches the deepest meeting place where tyrants moan. It is there that heaven's justice strikes its blow against Attila, known as the scourge of earth, against Pyrrhus and Sextus, and forever extracts their tears. The scalding blood produces from Cornetto and Pazzo, whose battlefields were highways where they robbed. This is where I leave you. These woods we have reached, with no marked path. No green leaves, but rather black in color. No smooth branches, but twisted and entangled. No fruit, but thorns of poison bloomed instead. What is that sound above? <sighs> Repulsive harpies. Wide-winged they are. Human necks and faces, their feet are clawed, their bellies fat and feathered. Before we go on farther, remember, you are in the second round, and shall be till we reach the dreadful sand. Now, look around you carefully. See with your own eyes what I will not describe, for if I did, you wouldn't believe my words. Teacher. I hear those sounds of wailing, and yet I'm bewildered. I see no one that would be making those sounds. Perhaps they're all hiding behind the stumps and wood? If you break off a little branch of any of these plants, what are you thinking now will break off to? Why are you tearing me? Why do you rip me? Have you no sense of pity whatsoever? People were we once. Now we are changed to scrub. But even if we had been souls of serpents, your hand should have shown more pity than it did. Teacher, they bleed dark blood. A wounded soul... If he had only let himself believe what he had read in verses I once wrote, he never would have raised his hand against you, but the truth itself was so incredible. I urged him on to do the thing that grieves me, but tell him who you were. He can make amends and will by making bloom again your fame in the world above where his return is sure. Appealing are your lovely words. I must reply. Be not displeased if I am lured into a little conversation. I am that one who held both of the keys that fitted Frederick's heart. I turned them both, locking and unlocking, with such finesse that I let few into his confidence. I was so faithful to my glorious office. 
I lost not only sleep, but life itself. My mind moved by scornful satisfaction, believing death would free me from all scorn. Made me unjust to me, who was all unjust. I do recall the story. Pierre del Vigne. By these strange roots of my own tree, I swear to you that never once did I break faith with my lord, who was so worthy of all honor. If one of you should go back to the world, restore the memory of me, who here remains cut down by the blow that envy gave. Since he is silent now, don't lose your chance. Ask him if there is more you wish to know. Why don't you keep questioning and ask him, for my part, what I would ask for I cannot. Such pity chokes my heart. That this person may fulfill generously what your words cry out for. Imprisoned soul, may it please you to continue by telling us just how a soul gets bound into knots and tell us, if you know, whether any soul might someday leave his branches. Your question will be answered very briefly. The moment that the violent soul departs the body, it has torn itself away from. Minus sends it down to the seventh hole. It drops to the wood, not in a place allotted, but anywhere that fortune tosses it. There, like a grain of spelt, it germinates, soon springs into a sapling, then a wild tree. At last, the harpies, feasting on its leaves, create its pain, and for the pain, an outlet. Like the rest, we shall return to claim our bodies, but never again to wear them. Wrong it is for a person to have again what he once cast off. We shall drag them here, and all along the mournful forest, our bodies shall hang forevermore, each one on a thorn of its own alien shade. Who are these two naked, gashed souls running in our direction? <laughs> Come on. Come quickly, Death. Oh, Elijah. Oh, we're not so nimble when you trusted in the tournament of Topo. A slight slip, as that is unfortunate for you, Giacomo. Watch as those ravenous dogs catch the fallen wretch as they sink their fangs in and rip them apart piece by piece. They shall run off again soon. My ward, come. To the thorn bush, where the other soul is wrapped up. Oh, Giacomo de Saint Andre, what good was it for you to hide in me? What fault have I if you led an evil life? Who were you once that now, through many wounds, breathes a grieving sermon with your blood? Oh, souls who have just come in time to see this unjust mutilation that has separated me from all my leaves. 
gather them round the foot of this sad bush. I was from the city that took the Baptist in exchange for her first patron. Who for this swears by his art. She will have endless sorrow, and were it not that on the Arno's bridge some vestige of his image still remains, those citizens who build anew the city on the ashes that Attila left behind would have accomplished such a task in vain. I turned my home into my hanging place. I agreed with the Florentine shade as its voice began to fade. I gathered the skewed leaves as though they were fallen from eaves. What I saw beyond that wood, a desert circle was where I stood. Herds of naked souls stretched out flat while others were hunched as they sat. Yet there were many more roaming around the sandy floor, each one desperately weeping. Not one of them were ever sleeping. From above, broad flakes of fire descended, showering them steadily. It was splendid. The descending blaze kindling the sand as though it was tinder created by hand. Teacher, you who overcome all opposition, except those tough demons who came to meet us at the gate of Dis, who is that mighty one that seems unbothered by burning, stretched sullen and disdainful there, looking as if the rainfall could not tame him? When I once was alive, I still am dead. Let Jupiter wear out his smith, for whom he seized in anger that sharp thunderbolt he hurled. To strike me down on my final day, let him wear out those others, one by one, who worked the soot-black forge of Montebello. With all his force, let him hurl his bolts at me. No joy of satisfaction would I give him. Capanus, since your blustering pride will not be stilled, you are made to suffer more. No torment other than your rage itself could punish your gnawing pride more perfectly. That was a king. One of the seven besieging Thebes. He scorned and would seem still to go on scorning God and treat him lightly. But, as I said to him, he decks his chest with ornaments of lavish words that prick him. Now follow me, and also pay attention not to put your feet upon the burning sand, but keep them well within the wooded line as we walk around. Young one, the line has caught up with us. Run! Are we saved again by another beast? We have reached the end of the violent circles. The fraudulent are yet to come. The lion has crossed in too far. The ward here has given us a chance to move deeper. Let them fight.
As these beasts battle one another, I hold my breath to smother. For now, this is where we again depart. I will return to you on the third part. Closer to the center I do reach, the more the pain of hell does leech. Yet the worst has yet been seen, the second part was surely mean. I jest, of course. My time is near, as the three beside me smile and leer. The pale little lady, face sunken and dear, writhes closer to me, causing fear. The dark gentleman laughs and breathes. All I hear are the nightmares he feeds. And lastly, the one who is hidden, slowly it reveals the forbidden. With the three of them at my side, I trust the words I write with pride. What a dear sweet soul. Oh, my darlings, how I long for those days I spent in Forensia. A nice blood wine, my favorite stories, and of course, my companions. I agree, my pretentious paramour. Forensia was a place of creativity, corruption, and us. We have once again come to the end. For now. Once again, we must bid you good night and adieu. Adieu. (laughs) You just heard tonight's performance of the Dark Pony Radio Show with voices from the Dark Pony players. Matt Sachs, Max Bessner, Matthew Kelly, TJ Jacobs, Terrell Woods, and Mara Rose, featuring Antonia Perez, sound designer and engineering from Benjamin Conklin, A Haunting for the Ages, written by M. Terrell Woods, performed by Carnage the Executioner, courtesy of the artist. Tonight's performance was an original adaptation of Dante's Inferno by Aid Hajaj, sponsored by FNX Fitness. We become greater when we rise up together and the Living Artist Podcast. Don't wait until you're dead to make a living as an artist. This has been a Shadow Horse Theater production.